And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, July 10th. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, we're matching. We both got the red on today, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is out of nowhere. Decided to wear red. But uh, we got Don't plenty of Celtics it. news. <laughs> Don't. Uh, plenty of Celtics news for you guys today. Plenty of NBA news. We, we Every show we write a little show sheet and we, we put down all the stuff we're going to talk about. It is seven pages long today. So get ready for a very informative show. It, regardless of the length of it, you'll you'll be retaining a lot of information today. Uh, that being said, we can start with probably the most interesting piece of information to most Celtics fans. Uh, new news about a Jalen Brown contract extension, which it, it was a little bit weird that it didn't get done sooner in free agency, but we've had more updates, which is a little bit more reassuring, at least to the fans um, in Boston. So Jared Weiss of the athletic had something today. One of the crucial questions floating around summer league has been why Jalen Brown hasn't completed his extension yet on July 4th. The athletic reported the Celtics and Brown's camp were expected to pick up talks at summer league league sources told the athletic that has gone ex as expected so far with the two sides starting to make progress, likely moving closer to an agreement over the coming week. In addition to that, M Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston globe put out his own update saying there was continued dialogue between Brown's camp and the Celtics over the weekend, league sources said, but the sides are still negotiating. And as of Monday morning, no deal was imminent. League sources said that there is confidence and hope that an agreement will be reached soon, but it's unclear how far they are from the finish line. One league source said that there is, quote, there is work to be done. Uh, more from Adam Himmelsbach. By all indications, the Celtics are offering Brown the full five-year max, but there are various incentives that are likely under discussion. This past season, for example, Brown earned an extra $2 million for playing in 65 games and appearing in the All-Star game. There could be some discussion over incentives included in an extension that are unlikely to be obtained, such as a bonus for being le named league MVP. But according to one former NBA general manager, it's unlikely the sides are hanging over those details at this point. The former executive said that the holdup is most likely over a fifth year player option and or a potential no trade clause. Editing Jack here. So Jalen Brown technically is not eligible to have a no trade clause in his contract because it is an extension and not a new contract. They cannot change that sort of term of the old contract. This was explained in the Celtics blog chat to me. So I wanted to come in here and explain that it's why Bradley Beal was able to get one because it was a new contract and not an extension. And the same reason why a guy like Steph Curry has never had a no trade clause because he's always just extended with the Warriors. So all discussion of us talking about a no trade clause for Jalen Brown, consider it. No, we do discuss it a little bit, but mostly that they shouldn't do it. And luckily they can't, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, just on, in here to explain that editing jack out enjoy the show brown has made it clear over the years that he views himself as tatum's equal rather than his sidekick and it would be understandable mm. for his camp to push for the player option that tatum received no trade clauses meanwhile are much less common the stipulations uh, give player full veto power over any trade in which he is involved wizard star bradley beal had a no trade clause added to the five-year 251 million dollar extension he signed last summer and it was the only one in the nba this past year beal took full advantage of the leverage helped circulate his trade to the suns nba offseason uh business generally winds down after summer league ends, so this appears to be an important week for brandon the celtics they could simply re-engage closer to the start of the regular season but the sides would clearly prefer to have something finalized before that for now the wait continues and then jalen brown also posted something on his instagram story it was a book that said uh the energy is about to shift or something or the energy is shifting so something like that one of those quotes but uh interesting <laughs> lots and lots of updates uh about Jalen Brown. We got a lot of news from out of Himmel's box, something from Jared Weiss, and then obviously the eyes emoji story. But uh it's news. It's it's new stuff at the very least we're getting. 
Yeah, I mean, we know the extension's coming. At least we hope so. We definitely want, as a podcast, Jalen Brown to be back in the Celtics next year. Or at least signed. Well, if he's signed, he's back in the team next year because they can't trade. Yes. <laughs> uh, but those are kind of normal hangups on this, right? The fifth year, we've heard this in the past about Brown, like really wants that player option. Like you said, he sees himself as Tatum's equal. So it does make sense for them to want to give him or him to want to receive that in his contract. As far as a no trade clause goes, this is like the last guy you should give it to. <laughs> because it feels like he's going to ask for a trade. So you definitely don't want him to have that and then strong on the front office and lose him for nothing. But at the same time, I wish no trade clauses were like there for the purpose that they're supposed to be there for now. You know what I'm saying? Like it just is like a respect to the player. Like, Hey, you're not going to get blindsided out of nowhere with a trade. Yeah. Instead of a, hey, you can just hold our franchise at gunpoint and ruin us like Bradley Beal (laughs) kind of did to the Wizards where it didn't seem like they got very – even though they ended up technically getting Jordan Poole back in that like because they got Chris Paul and then traded him. So like the return on that wasn't terrible. Like the Poole contract for Washington probably isn't terrible. In Golden State, it was a bit different just because of they pay a million guys, so you can't afford Mm -hmm. to pay him too, and they wanted to get off the money, so they got rid of him. But – Definitely don't want Jalen Brown trying to force his way out of Boston with a no trade clause. So I sure hope they don't give that to him. But aside from that, I want him to be on the Celtics. I want him to get what he wants. I want him to be happy. And getting paid is step one to being happy. And if I didn't really read into the energy is about to shift story, I did see it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like they're negotiating a contract extension. So maybe it's coming. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, these are pretty. I think Jared's update is pretty standard saying, you know, moving closer to an agreement, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. Adams is at least a little bit eyes emoji worthy where it's like, okay, what's the hold up here? The no trade clause thing. Like the fact that that was even stated by an executive is a little not concerning, but like, okay, what is, what is he asking for here? Um, I, I have been the most critical person of Jalen Brown over the years, and I would be fine with giving him a player option in that fifth year. I feel like that's pretty standard for superstars, which Jalen Brown is as close as you can be to a superstar while being the number two on a team, if that makes sense. Um, and like he said, he, uh, he is closer to an equal to Jason Tatum than he is a true number two. I'll give him that credit. So I, I think if anybody around the league um, in terms of maybe like not the upper echelon of superstars deserves a player option in that fifth year. It is Jalen Brown. And that would still secure four years of guaranteed Jalen Brown play barring obviously a trade request, which at that point that that has nothing to do with these contract extensions Um, in Boston for JB uh, four more years, hopefully as long as Tatum and and the Celtics don't grow apart in that time too, of those two together on the Celtics. If that's the holdup, I would just, you know, concede if I'm Brad Stevens say, okay, we'll give you the player option, but no, no trade clause. And I, n- there's, there's no way the Celtics should be including a no trade clause in that contract. There's no way Agreed. any team should include a no trade clause in any contract after what happened with Bradley Beal. Not that Bradley Beal necessarily went about it the wrong way, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a shot at Bradley Beal. I thought what he did was relatively fine. Um, it, It's just, it's just not something the Celtics should want to have in the contract for JB. But uh, we do have updates at the very least. We do know that hopefully they're trying to get a deal done during summer league right now. Uh, And as Adam Himmelsbach said, they have up till I think the beginning of the season or late into October to get this deal done. Probably wouldn't be ideal to wait that long though. Probably want to get this done as soon as possible. But those are your, your Jalen Brown updates for the day. Yes.
All right, the next Celtics thing we do have on the docket here, uh, just briefly touching on Celtics Summer League, and we'll sort of combine it with the J.D. Davison news. J.D. Davison signed a two-way contract with the Celtics for the upcoming season. <clears throat> the news came out during Boston's Summer League game against the Washington Wizards, which was their second Summer League game of the season. I say season of Summer League. <clears throat> They've lost both of them. Not great. Sam and I did a whole reaction video reacting to the Summer League game against the Wizards. Sam wasn't home to watch the game, Didn't so we do- sort of did a uh, – he looks at the box score. I, I give him the info because I was home and able to watch the game. But because of that, we're not going to dive super into it here. If you would like – to hear our thoughts on Celtics Wizards Summer League, go check out the video on the YouTube channel, Shameless Plug. How about them Celtics? Go check it out. We're up over 830 subscribers now. We appreciate you very much. But the news we can talk about here, J.D. Davison did sign a two-way contract with the Celtics for the upcoming season. Uh, obviously, like I said, the news came out during the game. Jared Weiss had a quote from J.D. Davison in his article. Uh, Davison said, just grateful to be here, be in this organization, and again around these guys, playing around them uh getting to know them they turned into my brothers so it's just good that they want me around for another year with a two-way i'll be up and down so i'll just have fun with it and be grateful about it so it seems like he's pretty upbeat about the situation it's not like a oh i think i'm better than a two-way thing he's grateful to be in a situation obviously the news came out as he was in the middle of a 10 turnover game so not not the best timing but thank you but (laughs) but we obviously know the talent is there but as we saw with the 10 turnover game probably best for him to be back on a two-way deal with the celtics yeah, he definitely doesn't look ready to be in the point guard rotation <laughs> yet up in Boston. Mm-hmm. We were hoping he might be. I wrote about this a bit today on Hardwood Houdini, where, yeah, Smart's gone. Brogdon might have to be gone if he's pissy about this trade thing, which we haven't heard anything about. So I would yeah. say that's a good sign at this point, where if he was upset about being included in a potential trade, he probably would have made it known by now. So maybe he'll be back with the Celtics. There have been like, Little hit tidbits put out there. Maybe he won't be back. Not 100%. Here's Brogdon. Who you say? Brogdon. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. But yeah, it's. Is yeah. Pritchard going to be there? We don't know that either. JD Davison does not seem like the guy that's going to be in the point guard rotation, turning the ball over a bunch of times in Summer League. Never mind real quick, fast paced NBA games. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It, it feels like Ari the Pritchard thing. It seems like things are trending towards him coming back. I mean, he was at Celtic Summer League with Brad Stevens and Jason Tatum. Now, that doesn't mean everything. Obviously, Dylan Brooks was there with the Grizzlies. Kenyon Martin was there to watch the Rockets. So you see teams with or players with their past teams. But Peyton Pritchard hasn't been traded yet, and it feels like if he was still wanting to be gone, maybe he wouldn't be chilling with the guys on the team and the GM of the team. So I, I don't know about that, but definitely J.D. Davison needs another year in Maine. Hopefully get under more control a little bit. He's still only 20. Like, he was very young as a rookie coming in, so he's still very young now. It feels like he can be a contributor for the Celtics eventually, just probably not next season as they're trying to compete. So there no, is that for him. definitely doesn't look ready. No, not quite yet. But speaking ten of turnovers, t- ten turnovers, you didn't know. ten times. Sam really wants to hammer that point home. <laughs> I just um, couldn't but, believe that when I sat down here yesterday. Yeah, but speaking of potential point guards for the Celtics, Boston attended a workout for five-time All-Star John Wall uh, during summer league, reported by Sam's favorite reporter Chris Haynes. Um, interesting tidbit at the very least: the Blazers were another team that was there. Those were the only teams that were name dropped kind of weird that the Blazers were there of all teams. Um, but the Celtics being interested in John Wall is at very least an eyebrow raiser because it feels like if John Wall is going to make a return to the league, he probably would want to play at least a little bit. And if he's going to play in Boston, I would assume that means they're trading one of Brogdon or Pritchard. Not, not that I think 
John Wall is obviously not better than Brogdon. And at this point in his career, he's probably a similar level backup to Peyton Pritchard, maybe a little better if you value playmaking over shooting. Pritchard's definitely the better shooter. But at the very least, there's definitely not enough minutes for all three of them off the bench behind Derek White. And so if the Celtics are eyeing John Wall, it could be as a what's the opposite of precursor or a uh, or like like they're they're doing it. It, they make a trade and then they bring in John Wall. Like they're planning their events uh, after consequence. a potential trade. Sure. Yes. A consequence of a potential trade. It, it, it's it's interesting because if they are interested in John Wall, in my mind at least, I make the connection of, oh, are they going to make a trade? Yeah. I mean, the Wall thing doesn't make a ton of sense unless he's going to be Blake Griffin, right? Yes. That's on the show sheet. You mentioned it. And that's the only way it really makes sense. Do you really want to give him minutes over Pritchard? Probably not. No. He averaged like five assists a game last year for the Clippers, but then they got rid of him and then Houston waved him and then nobody picked him up. So yeah. what does that really say about his ability to impact winning? Not a, not a whole lot of good things. That's for sure. Now, if he was still like somewhat injured or whatever, he hasn't been the same since tearing his Achilles. He's had a tremendous fall off in that sense with not having as much athleticism, which was a big part of his game when he was at an all NBA level. Yeah. He's not going to be an exciting guy if he's on the Celtics. It just probably won't happen. I don't know if they're going to use the one final roster spot that they do have on John Wall when they already have three playable point guards. I guess Pritchard mm -hmm. might not be what you want out of the third guy, but maybe he is. He's fine. He's I not like a Pritchard. bum. It really depends, depends on Brogdon's health too because like people are really up in arms about this forearm thing i'm not overly concerned myself mm. just because it's not a leg injury i don't i don't get it yeah he tore it oh it affects his shooting and maybe you get want to get surgery on it yeah yeah that, i think that's the only now. thing well that's the only thing he's saying he's not having surgery and so people are like why <laughs> you know what i'm saying like people okay. are saying like why if he's not having surgery then he should be fine he better Sorry. be well, the, the, don't dick around like, like you did last year with Rob, where he doesn't get the surgery till September, I think, and he's out well, half the year. I think that's why people are like, "What are we doing about it?" Like, I I don't think it's like they think it's an issue. I think it's like if if there is the potential need for surgery, just do it at that point. Like, just get it over with. But the, the John Wall thing—that's why I said like it only really makes sense if the Celtics do have trade plans in mind. Obviously, last podcast we talked about how Adam Himmelsbach put out the report of. Celtics are setting themselves up or at least have the assets to make a quote unquote like seismic strike. Like if that does involve a Brogdon, then I could understand why having John Wall would make sense. You could run Pritchard or excuse me, Derek White in the starting lineup and then have Pritchard and Wall sort of split those backup minutes, depending on if you need shooting or a little bit more playmaking on the night. I don't think John Wall, obviously, like you said, he didn't have a great season with the Clippers last year, but it feels like he could be at least an okay guy for 10 to 15 minutes a night if you need it from him. And like that would open up the doors for them to have at least a little bit more flexibility. Again, he, he's not replacing the productivity of Brogdon. He's not that guy anymore. He's not the all-star in Washington. Brogdon was just the sixth man of the year. As much as I, you know, the joke is Jack hates Brogdon. Like he had a great season, sure great regular season last year. But like if you, the Celtics interest in John Wall only makes sense. If a, he's willing to take on the Blake Griffin veteran role, which for some reason I can't see him taking on as much or B they're planning a trade with Pritchard or Brogdon. And at that point, I don't know how comfortable I am having John Wall play a ton of minutes at the backup spot, but I guess we'll see in that regard. Next Celtics thing, a uh, little bit of rumblings about a Grant Williams trade. We, we can combine this with the quotes from Grant Williams, 
Mavs Twitter is up and not up in arms, but they are eyes emojiing the fact that it hasn't been made official yet. And so there's talks of could this be expanded into a, a you know, f- five team trade, a bigger deal. I saw Dalton Trigg of Dallas Basketball, which is Sports Illustrated uh, Maverick site. Uh, talking about like you know the, the Hawks have been interested in Siakam and now that they've extended Dejounte Murray, could they pull off a deal and the Mavs would get Clint Capella in that sort of thing because they had shown a past interest in that. So it would be something along the lines of DeAndre Hunter picks and or young players or whatever going to the Raptors, Clint Capella going to the Mavericks, and then Siakam going to the Hawks, and that could be lumped in with the Celtics Grant trade. So just just the point that it hasn't been made official has been has sparked conversations on Mavericks Twitter at the very least. Nothing would happen for Boston, but just they're tied into it. So I thought it would be something to bring up. I don't know how they would get that to make sense with this trade though. So what does Toronto get back? You said DeAndre Hunter and picks. Why is the Celtics trade well, in this? Maybe it would be the Spurs don't necessarily need Reggie Bullock. He ends up going to the the Raptors or the Hawks instead for extra depth. Maybe the Spurs would then take on Tim Hardaway Jr.'s larger contract if the Hawks want an expiring salary and Reggie Bullock over two years of Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, maybe something goes to the Raptors if they want Peyton Pritchard and they, the Celtics get a smaller piece. You know, just, just. Mostly because it's easier to lump in the Reggie Bullock in seconds, et cetera, looped in with that deal and just make it one big deal uh, if that's how it plays out. Um, nothing is like come out officially of the Raptors Hawks, you know, thing. It was just like an idea, but they're at least talking about it like, oh, why hasn't this made made official? Like, is there something bigger going on? Uh, also, in the grand sphere, I saw you write about this for Hardwood Houdini. Yes. Grant posted. Yes, he t- said goodbye to Celtics Nation. Grant said, uh, he tweeted out, To the Celtics, the city, and my brothers, thank you for your belief in me and support through all of our seasons of basketball and life. Uh, I'm beyond grateful to have been a part of this organization and will forever have love for the people that surrounded me in this experience. Tatum also posted to his Instagram, my brother for life, genuine to the core, sick about it, but happy as hell for you and your family. Much deserved. Love you, Brody. Until we meet up again, obviously. Uh, they were very close. They warmed up before every game. They were friends. And so he said yep. goodbye. But uh, it, it seems like, you know, it's general disappointment that he's not uh, in Boston anymore from at least Tatum. And uh, I forget who Grant had the report, happy. but it was out that Grant really wanted more minutes or he didn't want to just like sit around in Boston, which is something you'd mentioned. But then he talked to Jared Weiss the day after the deal went down. And he was like, yeah, like after the Porzingis trade, like I was happy. Like I was like, oh, if I can contribute to winning a championship, then that's fine. And I'll stay with the Celtics. So you have like almost like who's telling the truth thing coming out. I don't remember who the reporter was. I want to say it might have been Himmelsbach that said Grant Williams was looking for more of a role with the Celtics and they couldn't promise it to him after the deal. And yeah, that was the big domino that fell when Porzingis was traded to the Celtics. It was, oh, Grant's not going to be on the team anymore. Okay. Himmelsbach had that part, so maybe he had the other thing too. You're right. It was interesting. But Grant, there was also something that came out about Grant. Um, he said something along the lines of like excited to be in Dallas and, and experience the fans in Dallas. And a lot of Celtics fans took that as like, oh, what's wrong with Celtics fans? And I just think Celtics fans were looking at it for a reason to be angry. It was very weird. <laughs> it, what is it he going like... to say? Like, what do you <laughs> yeah. expect him to say? I'm excited to go play for this new team. Even if he's but... not, like, you have to say that. Like you saw Marcus Jordan said, Poole with like the big frown on his face yeah. holding the basketball for the Wizards, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm excited to play for the Wizards." 
Marcus said he was excited to play for Memphis, but no Celtics fans crucified him. It, it just felt like there was this dark cloud between Celtics fans and Great Williams by the end of this past season where they were just mad. <laughs> they just didn't like him, uh, which was always weird to me, but it Great felt like it was fun there. to pick on. <laughs> he had a back and forth with Donovan Mitchell on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. With the, I'm going to make both. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Mitchell posted that image. <laughs> I love the, I'm going to make both. That's the best Grant moment ever. It was very funny, but speaking of new Celtics, O'Shea Brissett had some quotes. He talked to, uh, I forget who we talked to. I, I saw an article, I believe, from Connor Roach of Mass Live, I think it was, or maybe Boston.com, I believe, Connor Roach. Uh, O'Shea Brissett talking about joining the Celtics. Um, some quotes here. I was really excited, Brissett told reporters in Vegas, because he was at Summer League watching the Celtics. Yep. Getting a call from an organization like this really let me know they appreciate me and respect me as a player. It feels... Uh, like a great relationship I can build with them. Yeah, that's what happens when you score a zillion points on them in one game. This is also true. They remember Brissett, <laughs> Brissett also saying, uh, I have no ego. I have nothing to prove, really. I just want to go win anything they want me to do. I'll do it. Uh, I want to bring energy, excitement. I feel like last year watching them, they always had that. Obviously, playing in the garden is different. I feel like I can bring that energy in a different way. Coming in off the bench, starting whatever it is, energy and heart. Uh, Brissett, uh, this is... Connor Roach wrote this, talked about Brissette didn't shoot too well, blah, blah, blah. But he's, uh, Brissette believes, uh, but the 34.4% three-point shooter knows just as well as anyone that you can get a hot hand any night. Brissette believes that's especially true playing for the Celtics. On a random night, I feel like I'll be able to go off or have a good game just because of how randomly do play. I believe he was asked about that game against the Celtics. And he said, well, now hopefully I can do it for Boston instead of against them this time. Uh, two well, more quotes. Last time they talk. went and got a guy that killed them. Fournier. <laughs> Yeah, not ideal. Great. Didn't go well. Uh, well, when they got the ball, they can do what they want. Brissett uh, said of Tatum and Brown, I'm going to crash and rebound. And I feel like I've got the easy job. That's what that they do. And I'm excited to play with them, excited to watch, excited to be a part of the team and be out there and show what I can do. This team is trending in the right direction. And I feel like now we have a lot of great pieces to really get over that hump. I'm excited to get to training camp and just start uh, and start and just build so we can start playing late in June. So he's excited. He's hyped to join. Yeah. The team. I guess that's what you're going to say when you join a team. Do you think they got better? Seriously. this I had somebody uh, ask me this yesterday, and I didn't know what to tell them. Did the Celtics get better this offseason? Overall, I'd say yes. I would say Why? they did get better. I think Porzingis is a better player than Marcus Smart. I think, he, I think Brissett and Hauser combined are enough to make up for the loss of Grant Williams. And I think the addition of Porzingis allows them to play a style of basketball that suits the style. I was listening to, I think it was Channing Fry on a summer league broadcast when the Wizards were playing. And he said, this past season, I felt like the Celtics got hot at the early point of the season, uh, three-point shooting wise. And they went away from the defense that worked for them the past season, which we saw that it was a trend. Yeah, uh, and it came up in the playoffs. And so I think with the addition of Porzingis, Missoula will almost be forced to play double bigs, especially unless he runs Brogdon white, which would be kind of annoying. Um, but running double bigs, I feel like will be better for the defense. And I think Porzingis, I feel like it's weird. Like people are under, under appreciating the addition of Porzingis. Like obviously it's getting press yeah. and obviously it's good, but like this dude, is I, would, an I would agree with that. He's an all-star caliber well, player. He was an all-star before. He did just have a career-high points per game. Yes. He did just play in the second most games of his career. There is a lot to be excited about on the Porzingis front with him joining the Celtics. 
Again, we've said it a zillion times. He's a good defender in the pick and roll. No other Celtics sucked in the playoffs. Yep. Defending the pick and roll. They needed that. Mm-hmm. Good. Another great thing about Porzingis, they just extended him. He's going to be able to kind of be the Horford successor that everyone was like, is Grant really going to be that guy? And nobody really believed it except maybe you. I did. And yeah. uh, now they have the answer to that question. They did lose Grant because of it. They lost Marcus Smart, which may be a bigger loss than people think. Or it is. Who knows? Because everybody was up in arms about it when it happened. So maybe we all had the appropriate reaction. I don't know. The The question to me doesn't stem from Porzingis because I think he really is a great addition. Just looking at basketball reference, it's like, wow, he really was just great with the Wizards. It wasn't, hey, I'm on a terrible team. I'm just going to chuck. Like, he, he was still efficient. Like, he was a good three-point shooter at, like, 38%. There's a lot of good things that come with Porzingis. Like, the guard position to me is just a weird spot right now. The Derek White thing is great. Derek White's great. He's proved it to all of us that he's a quality player. Mm-hmm. He's probably on a value contract, and he's going to be the starter this year. Fine. Brogdon again, and I've said it every time we do a show since it's happened, who knows how he feels about this you almost got traded thing? Who knows how he feels about they're still talking to the Clippers about trading him thing? And who knows how his forearm feels? All of those things are big question marks. Then if for whatever reason, he gets injured. Pritchard's your guy. Your guard rotation is looking thin. Mm-hmm. You lost Grant in your wing depth to your kind of stance, right? Like, Grant might be a big loss there. I don't know how big of a loss Grant's going to be. It depends on injuries, really, to me. But you brought in O'Shea Brissett, who's solid. A lot of people don't believe he's better than Hauser. Is that true? Is it not true? We don't know yet. But you have both. That's the good you thing. Have you have both. both. Yeah, but you can only play one at a time. You can't mix them. It's not like painting where you can put blue and red to get purple. No, but you have an option. If you want, if you want defense, you have one. If you have one offense, you have the other. And I I truly think Hauser is in line for a bigger role. I saw some stats. Like when Hauser started, he averaged like 11 points on 45 shooting from three. Like he, he doesn't suck. And I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's going to start, but you have that off the bench. And I feel like you can utilize that more. And like with Grant on it too. But yeah, the guard position is obviously concerned. Like, as much as I don't think Brogdon's great, I, I think if the Celtics keep him, or let me rephrase, he's a good player, but like I, as much as my feelings on the fit, whatever, like he's still the sixth man of the year. He's still like a ridiculously good three point shooter. The injury concerns are obviously there, not even just the forearm thing, but like this was the healthiest season he's had in years. So like there's that to worry about too. But with Derek White in place, with Pritchard in place, and I always say this whenever we talk about it, with how much they just run the offense through Jason Tatum anyways, which in reality, they should probably do it more. They should probably put the ball in Jason Tatum's hands a lot. He's a very good playmaker. And Sam, as much as you do that, the more with the ball in his hands, the more he can playmake and the more he can drive, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he'll stop chucking those threes. Maybe he'll you know embrace that facilitator role. Well, the ball bit. has to be but. in his hands for him to do all the dribble moves and then step back. I know. I like when Tatum catches and shoots. That's fine. I also do like when he gets to the basket, to your point. I I, I think you can put the ball in Tatum's hands a little bit more, especially with smart gun. But I do think Derek White could step up as a facilitator, probably average six or seven assists this year. I I think they're better. I I do think they're better now. And I think that is because you kind of had a backup caliber guard on the bench who didn't even play last season. And so you basically traded your starting point guard and – we'll just lump the grant thing in there and a backup forward for an all-star caliber starting center 
and then you still have a backup guard on the bench and a starting caliber guard who can step in as a starter. So I, I, I think the moves was were smart, and I think they overall got better. And so I, I'm I and like I said, I really think people are not you, but like underrating the Porzingis thing. Like yeah. people are just like, no, yeah, cool, I, I would agree with that. I've <laughs> yeah. seen people be like, who cares? Like Porzingis, like he's ass or whatever, and like he's fine. He's not going to be asked to do as much with the Celtics. I don't think people get that. Yeah. Like, you know, it gets easier for these guys if they join a really like top heavy team, right? Like Tatum Brown, they're going to get attention or Tatum and Porzingis are going to get attention and things get easier for Brown. Mm-hmm. One of those two things has to be true, right? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Porzingis averages like 20 points, uh, you know, eight rebounds and two assists on like 50 38 splits again and like the great. numbers will go down that's all but they like, need that's a phenomenal season i i truly think the Celtics will have three 20 point scorers this season they did that a couple of years ago with kemba right uh i think, they had three. I think so yes mm-hmm. so i, I think they'll get kemba today again. and i was like wow i forgot this like i don't forget about him being on the Celtics, but i forgot about the time period where he was on the celtics because it was a really weird time they had the regular half season and then COVID came and they had the bubble and he was just nasty. Had that weird season where nobody showed up to the games because they weren't allowed to. And he was nasty, to your point. In that first All-star starter. <laughs> yeah. Nick Nurse. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Rat. Um, moving on. Next sort of tidbit we have Celtics coaches sort of talked about how they were got in with the Celtics. Sam Cassell and Phil Pressey both spoke about it at Summer League. So we have some quotes from them just to react to. We don't have to talk about it a ton, but just talking about it uh, and reading those quotes out. Steve Bolpet had this for heavy.com spoke, spoke to Sam Cassell. Joe made this happen, said Sam Cassell. He's watched me work a couple of guys out before and wanted to understand my personality and how I link to players. So we have some mutual friends that he contacted and we just made it work. I'm a great listener to players. Cassell said, I'm a former player, so I understand what they're going through. Like I tell them all the time, I've been each player on a team from the top guy to the 15th player. I've been all those guys. I understand what those guys are going through mentally. We've got a chance. Cassell said, you've got the talent here. You've got the health and chemistry. They are ready. You know, I saw how it looked when the Celtics won their last championship. I was a part of that team. And once we get that thing accomplished, it's a beautiful thing to win a championship in Boston. It's awesome to be back in the bean, especially when you've won there before. I think the thing that stands out for me most about that quote is him saying, I've been the one guy, I've been the 15 guy. He really has. He really True. had an entire career. So I'm excited. He can relate to every single guy on this team, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say I that's important. And I think you kind of got that from Blake Griffin last year because that was yeah. all the stories that would come out around Blake is he'll talk to anybody. doesn't care if it's Tatum, Luke Cornett, Hauser, any of the guys that they look like they just plugged off the street. He'll be boys with them. doesn't matter. I think that Cassell joining the staff is great. We all had that reaction when it first happened. We were like, oh, he's back. He's back with the team. Won a title here. All the quotes align with that. Good signing. Good help from Missoula. The weird thing with this is like people are like, is he going to be the one coaching the team? Are they coaching by committee? Is it still going to be <laughs> Missoula? Like all the conspiracy theorists came out when this happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for Sam Cassell. I think that next to Charles Lee, that was, I was most excited about Cassell, even though Charles Lee is the the head assistant, but Sam Cassell's going to be right. And then Phil Pressey also spoke uh, at Summer League. I forget who he spoke to. Let me see if I have it here. Um, I forget where I pulled these quotes from, so apologies. But Pressy said about rejoining the Celtics, just maintaining relationships. It started with Danny Ainge. When I played here, I was able to communicate with him and stay in contact with him. And now with Brad, it's been a very instrumental in me transitioning to coaching. 
excuse me, Brad has been very instrumental into me transitioning to coaching and now is having me be a part of the staff and just learn from Joe and the rest of the staff. Celtics have a big history. My time playing here, I was able to feel it. The fans are very supportive. The organization is big time. So I'm just happy to be able to be back and transition to coaching and be able to help out as much people as possible. So I'm also excited for Phil Pressey. As we said, when he joined the team, like that was the era when I first started like religiously watching the Celtics. So it's kind of cool to see a full circle thing with Phil Pressey, but uh, another former player to have on the bench is always good. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's all Just you got on Phil Preston. Don't care. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, the welcome last to thing, July. <laughs> the last thing we have, uh, let's go over some potential Celtics free agents because there have been some not rumblings in the sense of reports, but rumblings in the sense of could this guy be a fit? Could this guy be a fit? The Celtics currently have fourteen players under contract, so they only have one roster spot. After the first summer league game, there was some like question mark, like should they wave Justin Champagne and get his spot open? But he played well in the second one. So with the money that's guaranteed, I think it's only 40 K guaranteed until November or something like into the season. So it's, it would be financially smart for them to keep him. And realistically, he's a fine player. Like he's a 15th guy, whatever, but some names on the open market. I think it was Keith Smith on the front office show pod, uh, him and Trevor Lane do mentioned Christian Wood as a potential guy because the Celtics have a lot of defense could cover for him. Reports came out earlier this summer that he was only getting minimum contract offers from around the league. So he was probably waiting for an Emily mm. and maybe he'll still wait for one for one of these teams holding out with theirs. But if you're the Celtics, Sam, and I was talking about this when I was with Camp to by and Bobby Kuritsky too. They brought it up. If you're the Celtics, would you give Christian Wood a shot? Uh, probably not. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for you. One, I don't like that this guy doesn't play defense thing. The whole yeah. problem with the Celtics down the stretch in the playoffs last year when they lost to Miami, it was a lot of the time because they weren't defending. When they struggled in the playoffs, it was because they were playing poor defense and they weren't making threes. So when you can't get the shots to fall, you have to be able to play defense. I don't think adding Christian Wood gives you anything. He's essentially a worse version of Porzingis in the terms of what he can actually do. <laughs> so why yeah. would you bring him in when you have Horford to back him up and you have Rob Williams, unless you're really afraid one of those guys is going to get hurt, I guess. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't know. I'd rather have Blake Griffin back. I'd rather have uh, other names on this list that you have on the sheet. Agree. I agree. Christian Wood, the defense thing for me is man. And like you heard all these reports of him being upset with his role in Dallas this last year. What, what would he think of his role in Boston? Right? Like he's going to yeah. play less. So <clears throat> that didn't make much sense to me. Uh, going down this list here. Uh, we're just go one by one. We can talk a little bit. Will Barton. You can just say yes or no. If we don't want to discuss it, I'd probably leave uh, that for Will Barton. He's like, I don't think they need another guard. So I'm kind of out on Barton. He wasn't that. You just said you were concerned about their guard depth. <laughs> Well, like a shooting guard. I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. Want, like, like somebody I, to be like a scoring like first yes, guard. I understand. Uh, Hami Diallo. <laughs> Again, well, I just love these names. Freak. He is. He is crazy. A lot of fun dunks. Super cool dunks. Yeah. Super cool dunks. Did you say Ubre? Uh, no, he's not on this list. But Ubre is another guy. Yes. Yeah. Kelly Ubre. Well, you have it on like the sheet. I just didn't know if you glazed over it. That was my favorite of all the names. Was Ubre. oh, I did have it. Yes. You really, really. I just think like, as a reserve, Uber. as a reserve wing, like that's decent. Yeah, he can, he can put season. the ball in the basket. You got to get him to engage defensively, which might be a challenge. But <laughs> if you're on a winning team, maybe it works. You don't need too much out of him, and you have enough insurance with Brissett and Hauser. Where if he starts acting up, just like put him on the bench. 
My only thing with Kelly Oubre is I wonder, or I worry you could run into a similar Marcus Morris situation where it's if he gets the ball, he's shooting it no matter what. Like, that that's the only thing with Kelly Oubre. <clears throat> like, he feels like that type of player, which I don't know if you want on this team. I feel like you'd rather just have three-point specialists and defensive guys off the bench, um, or like a cutter, like a Jay Scrub, Slash, Devontae Green, that type of guy. <clears throat> like, guys who would fill a specific role rather than just he catch the ball, he shoot the ball. And Oubre's an okay defender. Like, he's at least an energy guy. Like, he, he hustles, but... I don't know. I, I think he'd be fine. If you get him for the minimum, it, it's hard for me to complain. Same with Christian Wood. Like if they get Christian Wood for the minimum, like who am I to say? Like complain, right? right? That's right. It's a minimum. Who cares? But <clears throat> interesting. Kendrick Nunn on this list too. No, mm. he, he couldn't. There's just so many other teams. He just couldn't stick on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and when you're paying minimum guys, make no mistake. You're not getting a really great talent. You're not. Yeah. This is kind of how it works. <laughs> Unless you get lucky like the Warriors with Gary Payton. Yeah, sometimes like you find guys that fit into your system, but I just don't think Kendrick Nunn is going to be one of them. Yeah. Ter- Terrence Davis, a name we kind of heard rumbling Celtics might have been interested in earlier this summer. Now that's one that might be a Gary Payton situation. He could be good. Yeah. He could be all right. If I'm not mistaken, he's an okay defender, and he's had some instances where he's been able to score at an okay rate. Little undersized for the wing. He's six four, so maybe he's not the height you want, but yeah, not terrible. Well, Gary Payton's uh, not big either. No, you're right. Justice Winslow is a name I think is not terrible. I mean, he, he gives you a little bit of playmaking. He's a little bit bigger. Obviously, it's a minimum guy, so you can't expect too much from him. But this past season in Portland, he played in 29 games. Obviously, not a lot, but uh, he averaged seven points, five rebounds, three and a half assists in like 27 minutes. Like he's a fine contributor when he gets on the court. He's just had the health issues, which could be a problem. Yep, he's definitely towards the top of the list in terms of intrigue. One, he's a wing, which still feels like it's somewhat of a need. Two, he can kind of handle the ball and be in control. That was one of the yeah. big calling cards for him earlier in his career. Of course, Ainge wanted to like give up like the whole farm for him in that 16 yeah. or 15 draft, whichever one it was, when he went 10th to Miami. I think he went to Miami. I don't know what pick he was. Fell to Miami. 10th, you're right. Think. Yeah. But he can't shoot. He's whatever. It's fine. Minimum contract, whatever. Doesn't seem like he's going to cause problems. Agree. Number one Lin- thing for a minimum. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> Lindy Waters is just Don't the know name. Who that I, is next. I was just copying lists. He was in OKC. He's a fine shooter. Uh, Wesley Matthews, veteran guy. Interesting one here. Yeah, I don't mind Wesley Matthews. He's shooting play defense. old, plays defense. Not bad for minimum value. I'd be surprised if he didn't go back to Milwaukee though. Nice vet. Did they yeah, bring anyone too, to replace him? Uh, they got Jay Crowder back on him in. Brought him back. They have a couple rookies who they're bringing in. AJ Green signed a contract. Chris Livingston. Like they're bringing in a couple guys that that way. Um, and I feel like they I feel like they did bring in more guys, but I can't remember off the top of my head who they signed. Obviously, they brought back Middleton and Lopez. Uh, let me let me check here quick. Um, who Milwaukee brought in in case I'm forgetting people. Uh, nope, they left. Yeah, AJ Green signed with them. Uh, Chris Livingston also signed a deal. Malik Beasley. They brought in Malik Beasley to replace him. Yeah, that was the name I'm forgetting. So. Okay, yeah. So he's gone. He's not going back. Yeah, maybe maybe they, they don't bring him back. Bismack Biombo as your fourth string big. I really That's not don't bad value. I low-key might like Bismack Biombo more than I like Christian Wood. Call me crazy. I don't think that's crazy because I don't think Bismack Biombo is going to cause problems. No, I think he's, he's not going solid to be enough. unhappy with his role. I think he's a solid enough defender. He put up four and four last year in what, like 14 minutes, 
right? He averaged 1.4 blocks in 14 minutes. He's a fine enough defender. I'm not saying he is Robert Williams, but if you're looking for a guy to back up Robert Williams, I don't think he's terrible. And he's a veteran, but he's also only 30 years old. He turns 31 in like it's 60 days, 50 he's days, one of those whatever guys it is. that came to the league and you probably think he's old. Yeah, he came in the league in 2011 at 19, though. So he's still like, he's just a normal aged veteran. I, 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 with the Raptors in 19. Was he on that team? No, that was past his Raptors. He left the Raptors. Oh, he was traded for, uh, for Surge. He was yes. in the Surge trade. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't hate Bismack, though. Loki, I think that's, I think it'll be all right. It's fine. Be fine. Like, for your, for your fourth string. Him and Cornette can chill on the bench and hang out. Yeah. Uh, I have Blake Griffin on the list, too. I would like Blake back. I would that, like that's Blake my back. top pick. I would like I Blake. I agree. TJ Warren. Actually, Wayne. TJ Warren might be my topic. <laughs> if you're getting him TJ for a minimum, Warren's he fine. can give you some sort of scoring output off the bench. I'm just going to double check myself here because I'm not positive. But he was okay last year. He wasn't great. He was part of the Durant trade to Phoenix, oddly mm-hmm. enough, going back there. Yeah, after, I have his stats. Uh, he averaged seven and a half points, three rebounds, one assist, 48.9 from the field, 32.8 from deep. Didn't play a lot in Phoenix. Uh, only four points, three rebounds in 12 minutes. Um, it's weird. It's just, it's crazy to me. He averaged like 30 in the bubble. I remember, remember bubble TJ. Yeah, Warren. he was nasty. What an era. What an era that was. That was nuts. Oddly enough, um, he hurt himself in that 21 season. Mm-hmm. And before he got hurt, he played four games. Didn't make a three. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. He did not. Um, Jamichael Green. I actually don't mind a Jamichael Green addition for the Celtics. He was pretty solid uh, for the Warriors this past year. He was a good veteran off the bench for them. Kind of surprised they didn't bring him back. Uh, so far, they signed Dario Saric, so maybe that's the replacement. He averaged six points, three and a half rebounds, 54 from the field, 37.8 from deep on two attempts a game. Like, he's a fine player. Like, you can get him it. through the minimum. That's what I'm saying. I Because there was a point in the year where Golden State had this weird conundrum with do they want to play Wiseman? Do they want to play Kuminga? And the answer kept being Jamichael Green. Yeah. <laughs> and then Wiseman gets traded. Wiggins <laughs> has the weird absence where his father was sick and he was away from the team for a, uh, for a month or two. And then wow, so yeah. in that window, Kuminga got to play. But as soon as Kuminga, I mean, as Wiggins came back, Kuminga just didn't play again. But Green yeah. was still kind of in the mix. Always had just those young guys. Kind of strange. I wouldn't mind Jamichael Green. He's fine. He's good. Do whatever. He's cool. Uh, and then I have summer league guys on here, question mark, like Jay Scrub. Do you bring him in and do you bring maybe you know, uh, who else? J- Justin Champagne is obviously on the team. Like as you bring him in. He had a solid second game. I have Javon Freeman Liberty here, too, because he's on the Bulls right now. And I, I really think he's a solid player. Like he's been really good for Chicago. I wrote an article okay. for Bulls Wire saying, can he replace Io Dezunmu? Like, I, I think he is good enough. Where Can he replace just... Zach Levine, my column? No, like literally. No, that'd be fire. Like, you know, people would click that. They'd be like, what the hell? This guy thinks. <laughs> well, he Freeman Liberty has played well enough where, like, obviously the Bulls should bring Dasunmu back. But if he gets, like, a, a high enough offer and they don't want to pay it, like, I think Javon Freeman Liberty on the minimum could do just as well. He's an energetic defender. He shot, like, 38%, 37% from deep on five attempts in the G League this past season on 18 games. So, like, he's a fine player. And if I'm the Celtics and I need, you know, a fourth string guard, I'm stealing him. I'm taking him on a two-way. I think he's Javon Freeman Liberty is a good player. I think he would get minutes for the Bulls. I'll put it that way. But um, I just I think he's cool. So I put that on there. All right. NBA time. Let me uh Here comes another the blue. 
40 minutes on the Celtics today again. Look at us In go. In July. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But moving on to NBA stuff, uh, let's take a look down the show sheet here. Oh, I wrote, I don't give a fuck about Damon. I don't. Dame can kind of rot at this point. I'm sick of him dominating the news cycle. I understand why it's the big story, but I've had enough of the just whining. I'm not going to play anywhere that's not Miami. Now you have, as the news part of this, Shams telling Pat McAfee there is a framework with Miami where Portland could end up with three or four first-round draft picks for this. The other tidbit to that is they would use Hero to get some other team to give them a first so they could send that to Portland. Mm -hmm. Sure. Portland definitely wants picks. Portland is kind of set up for success if Scoot continues to be good. I'm pretty sure through the first couple games of Summer League, he's been solid. He's not playing anymore. That's right. Yeah, he's been so good just with the ankle rolled. He was really good when he played the first game. I'm just messing with you. (laughs) Yeah, the same thing's so weird. Like, yeah, I moved. I put the NBA at the top next to the timestamp so it's easier. But uh, yeah, yeah. Dame, Sham saying there's a framework where Miami could end up with three or four first round picks is obviously posturing for Dame. Then you have Woj tweeting out that GM Blazers, GM Joe Cronin saying it could take, if it takes months, it takes months. We're Good. Be patient with it. So Screw like him. this, this is so clearly the Blazers don't want to trade him for the package in Miami. And also Dame wants to go to Miami, which whatever at that point, I don't care The as crazy as it is, as much as I might like, I'm not like a fan of this guy. I feel bad for Tyler Hero at this point. He's a good player. I do too. <laughs> he like he's getting slewed. Like people are like, and if, I understand why Portland doesn't want him because they already have Scoot, they already have Shaden Sharp, they already have Simons. Like they don't want to invest that much money in another star guard. But people saying like teams are willing to put give up a first for, for Hero as if that's news. I'd give up a first for Hero from the Celtics. Why not? I'd give yeah. up Brogdon and a first for Tyler Hero. He's a good player. I don't player. know if I'd I give up Brogdon and a first. I'd probably do a swap. Well, still, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't deserve to be getting sued. Like, this no. was a six man of the year two years ago. The he, reason he is, why he's uh, getting killed is because he broke his hand and Miami made the finals without him and he makes $30 million next year. Mm-hmm. And people are like, hey, they can use this guy to bring in somebody that we like their name better, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Hero had some really good moments for Miami where he made clutch shots. There was a mm-hmm. game in Utah where he won them the game. He was big in the bubble too. Like his rookie season, he yeah, was a good playoff performer. Bullshit, but <laughs> my point is, like, I I don't get I don't get it at this point. Like people, like his contract isn't great, but it's I recency mean, bias. It's call he me didn't crazy. Play for them, they made a, t- a finals run, and <clears> they don't need him, so use him as a trade chip. Feel free to shit on me for this. How much worse is Tyler Hero than Dejounte Murray? Is he so much worse where he's a negative asset? I don't think so. I don't think Tyler player. Hero is a negative asset. You, exactly. That's my point. Like people are treating it like uh, the Bradley Beal contract or or the like Tobias Harris contract two years ago. It's crazy. And it's all because the Blazers just already have guards. That's just what it is. So I'm over the Dames of Tough. I think it's stupid. That is all. That that Welcome to my TED Talk. Next thing we have on the sheet here, the Sixers matched Paul Reed's offer sheet. Paul Reed will be back in Philly. Danny Ainge officially screwed philadelphia in the sense that you saw the little tidbit in the contract right where it's yeah if it's he's gonna get a a lot more or jesus sam he's gonna get enough money to screw the sixers with the second apron pretty much which is very funny good for danny Ainge. i understand why the sixers matched it because now you retain that salary for matching 
uh, in trades, but can't be next year because he has no trade clause next year because they match the offer sheet, which is also very funny. Uh, so Paul Reed's going to be back in Philly. I wrote on the sheet here, like maybe he gets more minutes because it's not Doc Rivers anymore. Paul, like Paul Reed's a good player. He's a fine player. He fine was okay backup, against but... the Celtics when he got some minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he gets more of an opportunity with Nick Nurse running the show. Um, speaking of the 76ers, Joel Embiid talked about the James Harden situation. Uh, Embiid said, I want him to come back, obviously, so we can accomplish what we want, which is a championship. Hopefully his mindset can be changed. Other than that, I'm just so happy to be his friend. We're close and we've grown since he's gotten here. You know, that's what I'm excited about. And I'm excited to keep that friendship for the rest of our lives. What do you make of that, Sam? (laughs) It's kind of weird, isn't it? You agree it's weird. The friend thing is a little bit odd. Yeah, I don't know if he's screwing with everybody, but. I feel like if you're friends with somebody, you don't like leave their team. You're like, oh man, I get to play with Jack. Like, yeah, let's be on the same team. Yeah. Like, I'm not it, like, hey, Jack, we can still be friends, but I'm going to go do this other podcast. Maybe, maybe you're this not is doing big, the same thing. <laughs> maybe this is big brain from MB. Maybe he's trying to guilt trip hard. And yeah, we're really good friends. You know, I wish you would come back. Like, the first part makes sense. Him saying, hopefully he can change his mind. I want to win a championship with him here. But then saying, you know, but overall, I'm just glad we're friends. Like, the, like, I get the sentiment, right? Like, and, and he probably truly believes that, like, you know, even if he leaves, like James is a really good friend of mine. It is what it is. But to like throw that on after you're saying, I want him back, but saying, but at least we're friends, like it just yeah. makes it seem a little odd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know how much he's trolling, not trolling. It was weird. Like they're all at that super rich party and Embiid yeah. and Harden and all the gang were hanging out with the guy that Tobias used to own the Sixers. Yeah. yeah. So very odd. Is he leaving? Is he not leaving? Should he even be allowed to request a trade after opting into a contract? Probably not. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm over him and Lillard. They can both play in mm-hmm. Europe. Yep. Agree. Uh, next up, Dylan Brooks said some stuff. More news came out. Dylan Brooks' contract originally reported four years, 80 million. Psych, four years, 86 million with four million in potential ex- uh, incentive. So Dylan Brooks going to be making around 22 to 25. Four twenty-three million a season. Um, he was asked about this. I think this was from Kelly Iko of the Athletic Kelly uh, Eco. Sorry, apologies. Um, but Dylan Brooks said, "I'm not sure. It doesn't matter to me." Uh, when asked about, you know, more, why more of the focus on him doesn't include his achievement, which I assume is the defensive team. Uh, I know every single night guys are thinking about me. It's in their mind before the game even starts, so I'm not worried about that. It's just one thing you put down as a good accolade to try to keep replicating each and every season, but I'm happy I made the team. Um, I, that's a good mindset from Dylan Brooks saying he doesn't really care. He's just focused, you know, on getting guys' heads and playing good defense. So much money for Dylan Brooks. <laughs> that's just so much money for Dylan Brooks. Am I crazy? It is a lot of money, especially with the new <laughs> CBA where it's like, oh, man, they got to pay him and worry about the second apron. Are they really that committed to trying to win now with the young core? Like, do they they must believe in the guys they have that aren't making that much money right now because. Yeah, they're just trying to boost the roster around them for now. I don't get this. These are two guys that I would not have given a lot of money to. Fred no. Van Fleet is not a guy I would have paid. He's next. Yeah, speaking of Fred Van Fleet, he had some quotes. This isn't about the Rockets, but he had some quotes about the situation in Toronto because uh, apparently there were some rumblings that it was getting, like, not awkward, but, like, not great. Uh, Van Fleet on the Raptors. I think, like anything, it was blown out of proportion, proportion. And nowadays, if you don't speak to a rumor, it becomes true. Uh, he said on the Pivot podcast, what I will say is for a team that had been the fifth seed the year before, it was a letdown for everybody. 
talking about them missing the playoffs. In the same way, when you win a championship, everybody's level raises, everybody gets paid, and everybody wins accolades. When you underperform, it's the same. Coach gets fired. Your starting point guard is no longer there. Your best team player on the team is now in trade rumors. Every day goes hand in hand. Obviously, talking about Siakam. <clears throat> There was a mix of guys that had been there, new guys trying to prove themselves, and it didn't work out. It wasn't a great fit for whatever reason. The chemistry didn't click, and that's probably the most I can say about that. I still have a great relationship with everybody that was there. If there were any issues with me personally, they were never addressed personally. So just it feels like it was like Weird a team stuff that going on in Toronto missed. now where Siakam's all of a sudden getting put up in trade talks. It came out today. Who who wrote about it? I just read it. I just Oh, Mark Stein put out a substack. Literally. Oh, really? What do you At 3.16 p.m. today, he said, da, 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 da. separation between Raptors Siakam widening as prospects start slow at Summer League from Michael Grange. He kind of points to that article mm. in his own piece. He says, my read is that the, this is Stein. The Raptors in the wake of Fred Van Vliet's free agent departure to Houston are eager to give even more runway to Scotty Barnes and OG to expand their offensive purview under new coach, new coach. Uh, Barnes and Ananobi <laughs> are 21 and 25. Van Vliet and Siakam are both 29. So he kind of feels that that opens the door to so Sam, a Siakam exit. Brogdon and Rob for Siakam. Thoughts? Question if you mark? do that, he, he's essentially a risk to be a rental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we said this last podcast in order to do that, you would need confirmation that he would resign like a Porzingis handshake. Okay. I won't Fine. Resign, yeah. Maybe so if he says, I will come back, another, I'm not like, saying I would, forward? I'm just saying, let me rephrase. Maybe, maybe I don't give you the thing. If you're the Celtics, are you in on Siakam at all? Maybe I'm calling. I'm seeing yeah. for the right mm-hmm. price. Yeah. How much? And I know that's the kind of contracts you would have to, stack up for it to work if, if you get a guarantee he's like yeah i want to come back i'll be back in boston i want to win a champ like championships here how many first you willing to give up in a siakam deal given you could probably run a Derek white J- the jays siakam porzingis well yeah you can run that but then you have no bench uh yes <laughs> that's that's the risk that is the risk and then, you have and then you're giving up first round picks that uh <clears throat> well you're bench to help you fill the roster while you're paying you, Brown, you Tatum, Porzingis, and Siakam. You wouldn't who knows have how much money. You wouldn't have as good of a bench. You would still have one of Robert Al. You would still have Pritchard. You would still have Hauser. You would still have Brissett. Like you would have a thinner bench, but like you would have probably the best starting five in basketball by a wide margin. I, I'm not saying I would do it, but I'm just saying I would make the call. I would see what it would take. I think Siakam's underrated at this point. Um, but Celtics probably aren't the team to get a deal done. He probably doesn't fit the best in Boston, but it's intriguing. Hearing Van Fleet talk about the Raptors is also interesting to see. Um, it, like I said, it, it makes sense. I mean, there were younger players there, and they were disappointed after missing the playoffs. But I mean, if I'm Fred Van Fleet, if if they won a championship last year, hell, I'm getting the bag from the Rockets. I'm tipping anyways. He's he got a uh, got some money from Toronto. Uh, last NBA thing we have here. Uh, just going over some potential or some summer league standouts, guys who have played well in summer league thus far. Uh, we were talking about the Rockets. Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason killed it in, in summer league. Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. obviously had the game winner, as I'm sure you saw. Um, 
He had two 30-point games in Summer League for his two games that he played. He's been incredible. Good. In his two games, he's averaged 35.5 points, seven rebounds, four assists on 48.8 shooting from the field and 33% shooting from deep. Obviously, you want that three-point shooting to come up, but probably won't be taking as many tough shots as he is in Summer League in the regular season. Uh, and he had a good mindset, too. I'm pretty sure he was asked about, like, why you play in Summer League. He's like, because I had a crappy rookie season. I want to be better. <laughs> Which is yeah, like, he, was, he was like, yeah, I have a chance to go out there and get reps in an NBA setting. Why would I not? And I'm happy to see it. I like Jabari Smith coming out in that draft. There was a lot of like movement Oak. towards yeah. draft draft day, right? It was him, Paulo, and Chet all at the top. And then Orlando was going to take Jabari Smith, and they weren't. Then they took Paulo. And then people thought Jabari Smith would go too. And nobody thought he was going to fall to three. He did. Then he didn't play one his rookie year. It's good to see him find his footing. He has an NBA body. He has a good build. Like, great shooter. He should be a good player in this league. Yeah. Tari Eason also playing well for the Rockets. Uh, report came out from Kelly Iko that they're both done for Summer League. Um, not going to play anymore. Tari Eason averaged 23 points, nine and a half rebounds, four assists, 48.7 from the field, 36 from deep. Also, very good. Uh, stint from him. Some other guys who have played well. Obviously, we know Orlando Robinson played well because he did his. One performance against the Celtics. He should be good for them this year. Uh, Keontae George for the Jazz had a ridiculously good first game for the Jazz. He had 33 points, two rebounds, yes. 10 assists, uh, 12 of 24 from the field, 6 of 15 from deep. A lot, a lot of threes for Ke- uh, Keontae George, but he played well. Uh, Kenneth Lofton of the Grizzlies has been playing well as well. Th- uh, 23 points, 57. Uh, he only played one game, but he had 23 points, four rebounds, uh, two steals and three blocks. Big game from Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, Javon guy. Freeman Liberty, big boy, Kenny Lofton yeah. Jr. Uh, obviously, Javon Freeman Liberty, we talked about, I talked about for the Bulls because I've been watching. He's been good. Case and Wallace had a huge a first dog. game. Case and Wallace. Mm. He's been fun. And he played one game with OKC, 20 points. He had six threes hustling. He OKC, man, <laughs> they're uh, they're very good at finding talent, it seems. I I get and actually, you know what? Just wrap up the, the list and then I'll go. Yeah, this little like mini. Rant. Wemby had a very good bounce back game for the Spurs. <laughs> he is done for summer league. Jay King tweeting out that he is malnourished on Jerry Drummond and NBA Twitter, deciding that he was serious with that tweet, I think is the funniest thing in the world. Uh, Cause if you know, Jay King probably wasn't too serious yeah, with the probably, tweet. Probably uh, didn't mean that. No. And then Isaiah Jackson of the Pacers also had a very good uh, summer league stint. He had or first game. I should say he had 21 points, 14 rebounds, a steal and three blocks. I I've been a very big Isaiah Jackson fan. I think he's going to be very good uh, if they give him the right minutes. But uh, what were you saying about who? Was all right. It? Yeah. These guys should have to play all the summer league games if they're going to play it all. <laughs> because we need something to do in July. I've come on here and said it yeah. before. Like if these guys are going to come out and ball out, let us like be excited about it. We're not watching every summer league game, but if this guy comes out and starts scoring a million points, we're going to be like, oh, we got to watch him. Once the yeah. word gets out, they go shut him down. Like it's a big secret. Like you can't go watch him. I don't like <laughs> it. I know they don't want their guys to get hurt. I get it. We saw two top picks get hurt in the first game. I mean, <laughs> not for nothing. These guys are all like playing basketball anyway. Like they are. They're, they're out there. Chet playing up. They're out you there saw Chet games. last year. Check out her in a pickup game, a pro last year. So yeah. I, yes. Like what difference does it make? And, and there was a whole thing when the Chet thing happened. We were like, 
should guys even be allowed to play basketball when they're not playing professional games? I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like this is a place where they should play. And, and maybe there should be some mandated, like, so we all know what to expect heading into summer league. We know, ex- I mean, Wemby wasn't even going to play and he was the first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I mean, I, it, from the way it was reported, it feels like the Spurs were like, maybe not. And Wemby was like, no, I'll play some or whatever. Now the Spurs are regardless. Like this is not an indictment on Wemby. This is not what it's okay, about. Yes. It's more about yeah, the yeah. organizations. Cause you know, these guys probably want to play. Like they like playing yeah. Jabari Smith came out. And he's like, yes, I'm, of course I'm going to play. And then they're like, okay, you did good. Now you're not playing anymore. You're done. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's fair. I get it. But uh, yeah, summer league has been fun so far. I think the Celtics have been fun. I would like to see Vincent Valerio, but on get some run. I know. Sam yeah. would too. <laughs> maybe play but. the guy, play him when you can't win. Yes. Also true, but it's been fun so far. Celtics have been fun, but let's wrap up. Let's get the rat list going. Uh, would you like to start? Or do you want me to, to head it off today? I will go first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Rough. I knew I had one. Uh, so Jack, we're going to get uncomfortable, but rat list Jonah Hill. You just oh get so shook. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, this has been like a bit polarizing on Twitter. Like people have agreed. Yeah. People have disagreed. I haven't fully like, invested time. Like, I don't know. See, I don't fully know what thing. happens. I didn't either. And like I first saw, it, I was like, "Well, that's not that crazy." Like he just said this, and like was you read bad? more and more, and like the more you see, it's like, "Oh, this is like really weird." Like he's trying to manipulate whoever this is. But, okay. So what exactly know, happened? Yes, thank you. Jonah Hill, his ex girlfriend is a surf instructor, and mm. I guess she's like a celebrity surf instructor in Los Angeles. I don't know for sure. I really don't. Um, but she shared a bunch of old text messages from 2021 when I guess they were in a rocky stage to her Instagram story and they went around Twitter and he sent her this list of, I guess I should really pull it up. So I'm not misspeaking this list of like quote unquote boundaries that he had set for them. And what? Well, so <laughs> setting boundaries isn't a crazy thing to do. Yeah. It is. If you do it in the way that he, so Jonah Hill sent a list of boundaries and he goes, plain and simple, colon, if you need, colon, surfing with men, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, if you need to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your recent wild past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, you shouldn't hang out with them. I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it. And there will be no hard feelings. These are all boundaries for my romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. That's what he said. So that is like the big popular one going around. And I admittedly just can't find the rest on Twitter, but he was really weird about the rest of it where he was like, I don't like your friends. You can't hang out with these people, blah, blah, blah. And he was being really controlling. It's really tough because on the surface, when you read that first one, some of the quote unquote boundaries are crazy. Surf instructors should be able to surf. Hands down. (laughs) Right. You should also be able to like, (laughs) I just think it's so weird for like men who are so insecure. They don't want women hanging out with men. Like what what is, well, that's the insecure thing. Like it is, it's, and it's a reflection of him. And I think he kind of acknowledges that, or at least he tries to, but, I, I, the more I looked into it, it was like people are like, yeah, he was obviously trying to manipulate her. I was like, you know what? Yeah. yeah, they're right. 
also the way he's phrasing this sort of stuff also welcome to the ratless where basketball is not always the topic this is what the ratless does i usually try and stick to basketball too no but this is interesting well the basketball part of it is he has a son's jersey on yeah well Devin booker shared it but the thing is that picture is from years ago Devin booker went out of his way to find a picture of jonah hill that's the t there i don't know if you knew that that picture is not recent the picture of jonah hill in a son's jersey is years old it's not that old it it's not like recent like enough two years old but but the point is it's not recent enough for Devin booker to see like a, a recent picture this is this is the t on twitter whatever right the thing is on okay. twitter is, i'll let you elaborate before i retaliate Go sure ahead. the the t or the speculation on twitter is not it, it's that the picture is not recent enough where Devin Booker would have saw it as new and said, oh, this is cool. This is a guy supporting the team. Devin Booker had to go. It, the speculation is Devin Booker would have had to like go find a picture that he already knew existed of Jonah Hill in a son's jersey in like some weird like mind like, oh, I'm going to support this guy by like just doing this now, like supporting what he said versus et cetera, et cetera. It, it was just very weird like. Like that was what Twitter was speculating. They're like, "Oh, Devin Booker is just finding a picture of Jonah Hill in a Suns jersey so he can support Jonah Hill in this online debacle." Like, he, it, that wasn't just, "Oh, this is cool. He's in a Suns jersey." This is Devin Booker going like, "I support Jonah Hill, and I'll, I'll just oh, yeah. use this." That's as a given, yeah. right? Make no mistake. And that's that's whack. <laughs> like that's whack. It's weird so, at the very least. It is. It's whack because of like all the other stuff. But I do want to say there is the wrinkle to it where he's like, let me just repeat what he said. My boundaries with <laughs> yeah. you are based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. So he he like alludes to maybe there was some stuff going on that made him feel that way about sure X action, right? And that is somewhat understandable. But like also like if you can't trust somebody, you can't trust somebody. Whether it's yeah. his own insecurity, which it seems like that is the case, or they did something to break your trust, it's tough. Devin Booker doing the support thing, I don't know what the reasoning is. He might know something. Maybe he Well, does. my – this is my – I haven't seen this anywhere. This is just my mental cogs turning. It feels like, obviously, Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner are no longer dating. So maybe he – and Kendall Jenner is obviously another very public figure, another very – social media whatever maybe this is devin booker agreeing with some of the things jordan hill said which again is just like he might be some of the things jordan hill said are just like weird and i like you said no, i understand absolutely it right like, they are weird like him saying these are my That's boundaries it is what it it's is like, too bad hit or miss like, some of them like yeah okay agree yeah maybe like, you shouldn't look, do that looking at the list surfing with men like dude what, what, what do we do her job is like, to be a surf instructor this is, this is her job uh boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men i mean in the sense that like don't kiss that a man or more cheat defined. on me yeah like obviously don't cheat on me but like you're a lot like you should be able to have friends to model dude. yeah that's <laughs> another are job we, what are we doing to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit she's a surf instructor yeah what exactly. do you mean? What do you yep. mean? To post sexual pictures, like I, I personally like post what you want. You're your own person. Like I guess if you're that insecure, I get why that would be a boundary for you personally. But whatever. And then friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your recent wild. Like you're you're you are. This is that last one is getting into that. You're just gaslighting her into being shamed about her past stage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that. You're just like shaming her about her past at that point. It's just so weird. Like, ah, uh, 
uh, this, this is a weird one because when you first see yeah. that lone screenshot, it's like, oh, I kind of don't know what side to take. But then you see more and more of it. And you're like, oh, he's kind of start reading it. Yeah, it's like because I, I don't like to jump to conclusions on stuff like that just because it's a he said, she said thing, literally. Uh, and then another thing, I don't like know, her posting stuff like he had me tear uh turn down jobs for other brands like exactly that was like this like is that. the weird like, stuff we also here? that that one with the list is from 2021 so i wonder what happened for this to oh all wow come out. yeah uh, she said something like oh, let me find it uh it's been a year of healing and growing uh i'm sure there's <laughs> excuse me um it's been a year of healing and growing and growth with the help of loved ones and doctors to get back to living my life without guilt, shame, and self-judgment uh, for as small things as surfing in a swimsuit rather than a co- more conservative wetsuit. She said, sharing this publicly now because keeping it to myself was causing more damage to my mental health than sharing it could ever do. So it sounds like these like boundaries and these like just weird, insecure things he was saying like really had an effect on her, which like that's just awful. And it's it's like maybe like keeping it in or like, like just having to think about it constantly, like getting it out there and letting everyone know and like making it like a thing, like helps her, which fine. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like this doesn't affect my situation. At all. It's just like, it's just so weird. Like, it, uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder what the next chapter of this story is going to be. What What are we going to yeah. learn next? <clears throat> Twitter's blowing up about it. The Devin Booker thing was the Devin Booker thing was, at most whack of him and at least just weird <laughs> just why like why is this like what are, what are we doing Devin? so that's uh that's odd to me but yeah i don't know anyways that was good rat list that was good i, I didn't expect that from you I, I, um that was fun i i and like i said i hadn't seen a ton about it like i read i saw it very briefly last night well, i don't like to talk about things like that if i don't know what i'm talking about but i looked at it like kind of a lot yesterday and i was like oh this is weird it is intriguing was that kaylin bringing it up or is that you yeah it was wrong? Well, I, yeah, okay. I brought it up, and then I was like, okay, well, I don't know if you should be getting shit for this. And then we looked at it, and yep. I was like, oh, and then you're like, wrong. Eh, maybe it's weird. Uh, my rat list, my sister and her friend came here last night, and I, I work late. If you know me, I work late at night. I sit in my room, and I write my articles. My sister is younger than I. She is, like, only four years, but her favorite, she just likes to piss me off, right, as most younger sisters do. She comes in here with her friend. They start reading the words as I'm writing them. So I'm like writing a Mavericks article and I'm writing. They're like the Dallas Mavericks have some. Rel- I'm I like it's just pissing me off. Right. Like that. that's a ratless move. Like just for no reason. Just for the reason of annoying me. And I, like like if, if you've never had that happen to you, which most of you probably shouldn't have had that happen to you because it's weird. Very annoying. <laughs> not not the best thing to have the people just reading the words off your your screen behind you. Not fun. That would drive me insane. It was it was rough. It was not a fan. I'm an only child. Very happy. Yep. There you go. So ratless them. Um, I'll bounce back to you. Any more ratless, or was that your big one for the day? Ratless Zion. Zion reportedly <laughs> has no interest in developing a floater or a pull up jumper. This is, is that real. A- I wonder how real that is. It's a real quote, I understand, but I wonder how real that is. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not questioning the validity yeah, of the quote. Maybe it's not real, but I did see it. Where are the floaters funny. up and under layups? His pull-up jumpers at the elbow. Now, from what I've been told, Rich Butcher, uh, Fox Sports, yeah, he's showed no interest in developing <laughs> any of those tricks, tricks that Blake Griffin learned along with a decent three-point shot when the injury started to pile up for him and allowed him to single-handedly drag the Detroit Pistons to a playoff berth. 
Does Zion like basketball? <laughs> I don't think so. It's so weird. The whole Zion thing's so weird. Zion man. is a weird dude. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's very odd. Uh, Ratlist Elon Musk for making mm. me potentially have to learn how to use threads. Don't like change. Not a fan. I'm not saying like people are wrong for well, going to threads. I think the steam but... is starting to cool down. I agree. That. I agree. But Ratlist him in general for just even yeah, slightly deteriorating Twitter. Like, yeah. just fuck no, off. No, no, I can Stop. agree with that. I, I don't it. like that he's screwing with Twitter. It's annoying. If they got rid I of Twitter, just, I don't know what I would do with myself. I generally just don't really care for Elon Musk. And now that he's like affecting something that I like, even worse. <laughs> it's not yeah, a fan. See, I'm for the most part very much like indifferent. Doesn't bother me. I don't pay attention to it, guy. Now yeah, he's starting to bother me. I'm getting so annoyed. You're paying attention to it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Very weird. I, Elon Musk, also just a weird dude. Did you see the thing on Twitter? He, he's like beefing with oh, Mark Zuckerberg right now. You, yeah, like have you seen the fight. beef? The Coliseum, they're like, we're gonna have it at the Coliseum, and yeah, like, Italy for is literally gonna pay them money to host their fight. At the I don't Coliseum. know if it's, I don't know if it's actually happening anymore because Elon Musk's mom went on Twitter and like put a stop to it or something, something super odd, right? Something just whack. But Elon was on Twitter, like he tweeted. I, I hope this is real. He replied to a screenshot of it. He he tweeted like Zuck is a cuck, and then he said, "I mm. propose a literal dick measuring contest." Mm. Eight hours later, replying to his own tweet, and so someone someone retweeted it and said, "That's fine." Someone retweeted it and said, "Elon's so weird that Zuckerberg's dick was on his mind for eight hours straight." Like, he's just such a weird guy. Like, can't tell me doing? you wouldn't watch a dick measuring contest between them two. <laughs> this rat list is nuts today. Welcome to the rat list. I mean, they oh, know content. So they could put that on pay per view. People would like pay ten dollars. <laughs> they to watch would. That. I'd pay 20. That's, that's yeah. That's like all the boys right would go there. to somebody's house and we would sit in front of the TV and they'd have prelim dick measurings. I don't know who chat, who would you want to see? Yeah. Let us in, the, in the undercard of the Musk Zuckerberg uh, penis contest. So weird, man. I don't know if that specific thing was real because I can't find it in his replies, but I oh, see no. it and someone, well, but someone tweeted it. And then I do see in his replies this would be so inappropriate and lacking dignity. Let's do it. So he's at least down. So at the very least, he's willing to respond to a fake tweet about it. And at worst, he actually did tweet it. It's just so weird. Elon's such a weird guy. Messing with Twitter now. Not a fan of that. Threads is fine. I have like two two thread messages on there that I tweeted or not tweeted, put out. But I don't know. That's all I got for Rouse today. You got anything else? Me too. All right. We can wrap there. Let's bring in the colors. Thank y'all for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. Interesting rattles today. Less basketball, but I hope you had fun and enjoyed it like we did. I have the hiccups now. It's a good thing we're wrapping. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics. We are at, let me double check here, 831 subscribers. We appreciate you very much. We're on a streak of 1,000 views of video. Help us keep that up. We appreciate you. Leave a comment. Leave five stars on Apple and Spotify. Appreciate that as well. I love the comments on YouTube, though. That's my favorite part, so leave a comment. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll let Sam take us out. Yes, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Join 831 others. Make sure you hit the notification bell just in case any news breaks, maybe a Jalen extension. Uh, and we'll get that out for you right away. Don't want to miss any new uploads from us. We're doing them every day, at least once a day. You can follow us on streaming platforms. Same name of the pod. Make sure you leave us a nice review there. Five stars. As for social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at How About Them Seas. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. 
When we do live streams, they will be on Facebook as well as YouTube. So make sure you don't miss any of those. If you want to follow Jack on Twitter at NBA, you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Jack Jacko, come on.